Hour number two, Jeff Cameron Show. Thanks for tuning to it. Go right in there. <laughs> that wasn't a swear word. Uh, no, I know. It's like he's excited to get this hour started. Here we go. <laughs> I'm Jeff. That's Tom. Director Matthew here as well on Twitter. It's at J Cameron Show. All Seminole fans, a buckaroo. Come on, everybody. What are you doing? It's a dollar. We need to get T-shirts that just have a dollar on them so everybody gets it. You get the drill. I want the On3 uh, logo there with just a dollar sign next to it. Just a, a buckaroo. There it is. Or you could put buckaroo on the back. <laughs> the buckaroo bonus. Oh, my goodness gracious. Uh, should be fun. Hey, yeah, you know what? The first pregame show of uh, the year will happen this month. You're Myself right and will. Tom Lang, the home opener, Duquesne. Come get you some, Duquesne. It happens this month. This month. Not next. This one. I'm so thankful, too, that it's a 5 p.m. kick. I was certain for a long time that, given it was week zero, that was going to be ACC Network, 8.30 p.m., and it's 5. So pregame show will start at 2 o'clock that day. Normal time. You know what's good about that 2 p.m. pregame show, buddy, is if you have a, a welcome back to town Friday night with some friends and family, Good to have you back in town. You don't have to cut it short at 9 p.m., 8 p.m. You also probably ought not stay up till 3 a.m. either. I'm just saying, if you, you one more, one more. We can have one more right, together. Right. We can have one more. All right, all right. And then yes. I'm off to bed. And by the way, if I want to sleep till 8 a.m., I will. Or 9. Or, or 10, 10 or 11. 10 is probably the cutoff, i Probably, say. but yeah. I mean, you know, if you Still. did a little prep work beforehand, Tom, maybe you wouldn't have. You can sleep till 11. A little preppy prepper. I have never, I have never. I cannot sleep till 11. Problem with our Midnight Madness show last night that was a lot of fun and had a good time is that uh, it began at midnight. That's a problem. That is, uh, that's the worst part about the Midnight Madness is that by the time I uh, tried to put my head down on the pillow for much-needed shut-eye, it was uh, 1 a.m., 1.15 a.m., and you know how you're wired, you're geared up. You got off light. We took care of you, made sure that you were out early. I wasn't out that early. I got out at one. I got out at one. It went till two. What? There was no reason for it to go till two. I oh mean, yes, there was. No. Do you know how long it takes to extol the virtues of Warchant.com? It takes a long time. About two hours. I think the next year's version take about an hour, hour and fifteen minutes. Now <laughs> it's all the way out there. But pregame show this month. I can't wait to do this because. Watching these practices as we did this morning and as we will again tomorrow morning, as they don the pads, you're going to learn a lot. And we'll know between this time and that time, that first pregame show, uh, live from Indigo. That's going to be a good time. We'll That's be right. over there Hotel live from Indigo. Indigo. Hotel Indigo. Uh, great, great parking spot there for us, Tom, as it should be for the talent. We got a great spot there. I heard that may be acquired. Um... Yeah, yeah, it's I'll be, be you fantastic. See, I, is what, what you can is. set your roots there afterwards because your day is pretty much done from a coverage standpoint. I got to yeah. book it to go to the house, so no, but I'm going to settle in there. There'll, there'll a, be a spot opening up, maybe for somebody else in the staff. We can just do a little <laughs> switcherooski as I head home for the yeah. end game show. But but anyhow, the point would be, uh, I can't 
wait to talk about all the things that we're going to learn in the in the coming weeks. I mean, we're already gaining and gleaning a lot of knowledge by going to these practices and seeing some of the guys that are a little bit more polished now than they were in spring, guys who put on size, guys who look to be stronger, guys who are competing at a high level for some jobs that are open, some veteran players that look like they are already ready to play, and some others got work to do. I mean, there's everything in between. I don't know. I don't. I mean, I'm not ready to state anything definitively about quarterback play just yet. Uh, this is where it will get interesting when we get the pads on. Uh, but I think I can say with a degree of certainty that we're going to be hard to run on. It's going to be a very difficult task to line up and run the ball against this defense. And then I'll tell you something else I think with a degree of certainty already that I feel based on these early practices. We are going to effectively run the ball. There it is. Oh, man. Yeah, we, I was waiting. Yeah, to- we are going to effectively run the football. I believe that to be true. I was about to ask you a question that what's the best segment group on offense just to tee up that discussion because their third or fourth best running back this particular season would probably be a starter two or three years ago or one of the top two getting 50% of the carries. Do you think their third best running back is uh, the the, the former walk-on or the walk-on? C.J. Campbell? No. No, you think it's, it's you think it's uh, the the Hill kid? I right? think it's Rodney Hill. Rodney Hill. Yes, I think Rodney Hill yeah. is mm-hmm. is more multifaceted. Um, he's capable of doing a lot more things than Toa Feely is. But Toa Feely doesn't. That doesn't mean that Toa Feely doesn't have a role on this team. There's a couple things he does well. I don't want to get into it because maybe we would get in trouble. Well, he's the, no. I mean, I think people know what he was last year is what he's going to be this year. I think he's improved in one specific area, and I look forward to seeing that on the field so we can talk about it publicly. But again, I don't. I don't mean that that is uh, Toa Philly is going to get eight to ten touches a game. I don't think that's the player that he's going to be. Rodney Hill projects to be somebody who can get double-digit touches a game, not this year, but in years oh, to come. Oh, I was going to say, you are crazy. No, no, no not this year. No. <laughs> but, I, I thought okay. I was going to have to put my foot down no, and be like, what the hell kind of nonsense are you talking about? If either Ward or Benson is out for a game, Rodney Hill is going to be a good player for you in a pinch. Rodney right Hill now. projects nicely. I like him. A lot. Um, I'm not saying you're wrong about his talent, but he's. You know, I mean, in the, you're right. If if Benson and Ward are healthy, I don't even know if he gets two carries in a game. I mean, yeah, I, but he know. would on the 2019 Knolls or the 2020 Knolls. He get a lot of touches. Yeah. Well, they're fine. The player does a little of everything. They're kind. Of, I mean, they're pretty well. Uh, they're well off when it comes to uh, running back right now. They're not elite. There, there are teams that have better running backs than Florida State for sure in this conference. In this conference is what I'm talking about. I mean, several of them. But I think that Florida State is is not poor at that position. They've got a potential real plus player in Benson. And we know Ward runs hard and does several things very well. He's an above-average player, too. From there, you have unique skill sets. You've got guys like Toa Feely who cannot – you're not giving him the ball seven to ten times a game at all – but I think he's more explosive, can catch the ball. Yep, you can isolate him. Yeah, and they absolutely. Did that. How many times last year did they do that on a yeah, rail no. route or whatever? Well, yeah, the biggest that Clemson play is great. But you'll, you'll, yes, I, I think that carries over here, and he still looks explosive in that way. And he's got good hands for a running back, so uh, I, I got no problem with that. Yeah, they're fine there. They're fine. He's they got get- a little Chris Thompson to him to me, Toafili does, specifically when you get outside the tackle box. Yeah. Like, he can see the flow of the play, weight, and burst. Now, he doesn't have the same burst as Chris Thompson did 
if that dude never got hurt, he would still probably be what playing a, in the NFL and, and making money as a you know eminently likable kid too, just a great player and 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 hard worker. And his story is awesome. His story is awesome. Christopher wrote uh, last hour, and I want to get to this on Twitter at Jay Cameron Show. Is the Knowles defensive line good enough that after the first four games, the offensive line would say that practice is tougher than the games? You know, Christopher, it's the first time that you can say that in a long time and not sound crazy. I do think that the interior of that defensive line is a bear to deal with. They've got a lot of guys that play at a high level, low to the ground, huge bodies. Really, I mean, listen, when we're talking about defensive linemen, Really, offensive lineman too. You're looking for that that base that, that you need to see a requisite big ass on these guys, and they have it. They do, and then I think they're better at defensive end than I thought they were going to be coming into camp. That's important to say. Yeah. So I don't Why? want I don't want somebody to to misconstrue that and say, oh man, Jeff thinks they're just as good as they were last year at defensive end. Look, last year y- you again had a first-round draft pick playing defensive end. You had Jermaine Johnson, who immediately upon stepping foot on campus became the most pro-ready player on the roster. That was a guy that right off the bat you just went, oh, my goodness, that is different. Um, So you're not going to do that. But I will tell you, to answer your other question, Derek McClendon. Okay, I'm seeing the speed from him. I love Briggs. Uh, I loved Briggs last year before they cheap shot at him in the Louisville game. And Jared Verse is going to make some plays just because he's an athlete. He's explosively strong. Um, I think he'll get caught occasionally, maybe out, you know, maybe kind of working outside the scheme. He might, but he's quick enough to make up for it, and he also knows what's happening to him. It's not for a lack of football IQ. I think that's really important because sometimes yeah, the implication fair. there is, well, he doesn't know what people are running at him. Oh, he knows. He just believes that he has the makeup speed either to, to work it out or he's going to make a, a big enough splash play that it's worth it, that the risk is worth the reward. So let me ask you this. I, when I talk, when I answer this question from Chris, I, I would include in that mix of guys that are difficult to block Obviously, Fabian Lovett and Robert Cooper, and we can't. You know, let me let me say this. This will get you guys excited, and I'm not saying it to do that. I'm saying it because it's true, and because when I watch it, I think, "Oh man, that guy is that guy's a problem." Fabian Lovett is really not blockable when he's locked in, and he decides that he's going to go. I, you, I don't know that they're going to block him too many times. Like out of ten times, would they block him twice? Who's they? Well, right. Our offensive line? Any of, our, any of our guards? Yeah, if it's one-on-one. Twice? One-on-one, maybe, maybe twice. Maybe. Yeah. Like he's but an explosive. You're, you're never not, yeah, you're going to combo him. You, you have to. He's an explosive force who loves to play the game. His, his zeal for practice and those reps, those passionate, explosive, violent reps are fun for us to watch, can't be fun for them to block, and I think that that energy spills to the rest of the group, like Jackson and Farmer and those guys are all playing lights out right now and, and, and having better reps than we would have guessed. Malcolm, Ray, kids, they've got a lot of potential there in the middle. Yeah, Lovett does something that's just amazing to me. It's, it's the ability to multitask and your brain being in two places at once. And I saw it back in spring when they're doing a footwork drill, but then they have the kid with the big pads and he's swinging and you got to get your hands up to defend. Right. So it basically, you're, you're testing two parts of your brain because you have to stay in between the rings 
So there's a very specific track that you need to go on. But then you have to have the wherewithal to be like a boxer and work with your angles and get your hand speed up. The speed of that dude's hands, you can't get on him. And that's the key for any lineman. Is If I get my hands on you, you're not going anywhere. His ability, I mean, it looks like karate. He's unbelievably fast. And then you, you combine that with his explosiveness from the lower half that's why he is the player he is, and he's going to affect the pocket and affect the backfield against the run the way that he will. I mean, you've got a run stuffer in Cooper, but then you just got a dynamic interior player in Fabian. Yeah, and so if you get average to above average play uh, from the ends, and then we already have talked about how good get Kalen Deloach was at the end of last season. He looks good right now. and then you, He looks fresh, you, doesn't he? He does. He looks good. Yeah, he's playing well. And then we know Tatum Bethune is just a – uh, the standard when it comes to consistently good practice. Two or three times of practice. Every, you go, yeah. Oh, man. You know, one thing I'll notice, and I hear it myself when I go back to to listen to shows to see what we're doing well, what we're doing poorly, and where I need to get better. I, I notice that one thing you and I do, and it's just because I think like a lot of people, we take for granted, and, and maybe we shouldn't. Maybe we should just let people know every now and again that it's not that they're not doing anything. We take for granted the play on a daily basis of Fabian Lovett and Tatum Bethune. So we rarely mention them. Like, we've mentioned Tatum Bethune from the spring a lot because, wow, we have an honest-to-goodness, down-to-down linebacker that we trust. It's been a while. It's been a while. It's been a minute. But Fabian Lovett is just, you're kind of like, oh, well, that's just Fabian. Fabian's just dominating because that's what he does. As opposed to coming in here and saying, yeah. man, Fabian Lovett had a good day today. We don't do that a lot. It's because we just... We just assume he's going to play well every day because he does. Yeah, and the thing that I've seen from him is just a variety of, of ways to affect the play. It's He's not a one-trick pony. He doesn't just use his strength. He doesn't just use speed or a finesse move. He's got a total array, which means that pre-snap, if you're doing your homework on the kid, it actually probably makes you feel worse than if you did no homework on him if you're an opposing offensive lineman because, oh, my God, he could do this. He could do. He's got five different things that can make me look like a fool. And I need to be ready for all five of those things. Hopefully there's a tell pre-snap or whatever it is. But that's what makes him consistently good every day is, is he has developed a repertoire of a whole bunch of things to keep you off balance. And the thing that I noticed about him too, I think it was yesterday's practice. These things all tend to blend together when they're consecutive days like we've had him. But he will pull his younger segment mates aside mm-hmm. and give them instructions. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's always been the case with him but he has graduated up a level in terms of making sure that he's engaged to set an example, but then also if he sees something, he's going to help a Daniel Lyons or a Bishop Thomas or one of the other younger guys. Yeah, I think that's true, and that's exciting. You want to see players doing that for one another. It's the best thing I can say about Jordan Travis so far. Yeah, yeah, yes, he has been very involved that way. Much more involved than he's ever been at any point. we got to ask the question in the chat, third and ten, who are our four linemen? Uh, how do we line up? That's it's straightforward. It's Derek McClinton, Fabian Lovett, Robert Cooper, and Jared Verse. That's just, that's who that's going to be. The, yeah, because you're going pass rush. Yeah, but, say that one more time. Well, I would put Briggs in there. Briggs in for Cooper, probably. Right? Yeah, yeah. Slide him you're, in. You're right. Yeah, Briggs in for Cooper. You're right. Now, look, that's not a schematic thing that uh, I've seen, but I'm just you're just going. Yeah, well, by you can slide him Bri- inside, yeah, because yeah. Briggs has that crossover ability. Yeah, yeah. He's been everywhere, so he understands the the rules. Like, remember when Dar- Demarcus Walker was here, and man, yeah, what a pass rush that was on third and forever. slide him inside against the guard, and he'd kill him. Third and passing, that was your ass. Yeah, so Dennis Briggs, you're right. That is correct. It's Verse, and it's Briggs, and Lovett, and McClendon, we think, 
on third and long, we know you're passing. Now, that's without any practice insights. You just look at the rosters, like that's who you would go Well, yeah, those are the now, players that have the best chance to get home. is interesting. Oh, yeah, third and four is different. That's correct. Um, so, yeah, that's that's okay. All right. I feel good about that. And then the other question I think we had, uh, getting back to the chat before we move on here, um, yeah, you can, you're right. Somebody pointed that. Somebody asked about C.J. Campbell. He looks fine. There's nothing wrong with C.J. Campbell. In fact, he had a couple moves today that were just so silky smooth. They're just loaded at running back. Again, they, they don't have a, a Heisman Trophy winning or a Heisman Trophy candidate at running back this year, but they're just so solid up and down the lineup there. Go Knowles FSU asked, how does Leonard Warner look? Can he contribute at all? Yes. Yes, that's straightforward. Yes, he actually had a, a great play today. Uh, I don't think a lot, but I think he's going to contribute and help you. He's experienced and he does what he's supposed to do. Is there something that you're seeing and you're like, that looks good, but I'm skeptical that it's going to work on on game days? And I don't know, it might put you in a trap about going Given into specifics. Much, yeah. One thing for me is, and this is something we've talked about for years, so I don't feel like I'm giving anything away. It's just coverage from linebackers. I think I'm seeing a lot better coverage from the linebackers this year, and that makes me excited. But I'm not willing to say they're going to cover better just yet. That is a fair thing to say. I have my doubts. They'll be better. Oh, they're covering better. This well, camp. they'll be better. Are, are they much? They were awful in coverage last year. So until the end, Deloach was a big got a lot better, yeah. but that was still not the strong suit of that group. And I don't think it will be this year either. I've seen Bethune flash the capability of doing it. Gainer has come a long way from spring to fall. He looks better to me in coverage. But I don't know if that's Mirage or not. It, it's the classic. Um, yeah, I think, Tom, I'm going to guess it's Kando is dominating camp. He can't be stopped. You know, it's like, well, is that real or is that because of what they're seeing? By the way, I didn't think Kando was dominating anything. There were others who did. I know. Well, how about another one? Stanford Samuels is dominating uh, reps in coverage. And it's like, well, was he? Turns out he's covering bums. It's <laughs> the <laughs> so Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chat TV. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back guaranteed because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to make your car the mvp and bring home huge wins keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply looks like the padres have acquired milwaukee brewers reliever josh Hader. all right we go. What the uh, is going to happen? We get a bunch going now. Here we go. Well, you heard it today. We we had a truce. Corey and Austin and I saying, no trolling. It's the deadline. Don't, yeah, don't, don't tell me you guys just picked up Soto. Right. Yeah. Don't do that. That's that's really <laughs> rude. Over the next twenty four hours. The other news item of the day so far, as we talk a little bit about baseball, there we go to the NFL, where Deshaun Watson's going to serve a six game suspension without pay. Um. And there will be some other things to point here, too. If you look at the 15-page conclusion, there are some eye-opening sentences uh, there. But I think if you're a Cleveland Browns fan and you can stomach this move, then you're probably relieved today that it's just six games. We'll have 
time to to go through all that later on. There's some interesting items within that 15-page report, but I don't want to dabble in that right now, damn it, because we've got my man Warchant.com joining us as he's wont to do on uh, Mondays, and I appreciate that. Hello, Ira. How are you, brother? I'm good, Jeff. How are you? I'm in a good mood, man. It's been fun going to these practices and watching an improved team play. I'm wondering the level they'll be able to get to before that first game. It's it's crazy to think we're in August, Ira. The first pregame show is this month. The first game is this month. Tomorrow, the first fully padded practice. We're learning a lot about this team. It's it's perfect timing and uh, perfect timing for us to have this great $1 deal. Come on, everybody. Jump on board, man. We've got something. We're loaded for bear every day of the week. For those that don't know, calling all FSU fans for a limited time only $1 for one year of Warchant.com on three. That deal you cannot beat. It's a buck. Come on board. Let's go. Ira, thoughts so far? What are you most excited about? What are we looking at here in practice that has you kind of thinking, all right, that's different? I mean, I don't know if there's one specific thing. I just think when you look around the field, you just see more guys that look like what you need to see to compete at this level. You know, I think that you know, like last year, you had a guy like Jermaine Johnson who really stood out. And I don't know if they've got another Jermaine Johnson, but they've got a lot of guys that can win football games at this level, and, that, and that's been lacking. And, and a lot of times when we're out there practice, and it's funny you mentioned the access we have, you know, I was talking to some of the people from ACC Network because they started their road tour and they're here today. And, yeah. and one of the guys from the ACC said, you know, this is amazing that you guys get to watch every practice. Like, nobody else gets this. And so we do have that luxury of kind of, of seeing this thing up, up close and personal. And really two years ago or three years ago, um, you know, we didn't have that access. But when we, when we saw them in games, you're just like, man, they don't have enough guys to compete at this level. And now that's totally different. I mean, I think you look at running back, the upgrade at running back, the upgrade uh, on the offensive line, the upgrade on the uh, linebacker is significant, and the upgrade in the secondary. I mean, I think that's at least four positions where I feel like they are markedly better than they've been the last several years. I agree with that. I cannot believe – I have to pinch myself every day we're at practice when I watch the competition on the offensive line. I mean, they legitimately sub out five guys for five others that could start for you, and it wouldn't be the end of the world. And, Ira, I don't think we could say, either one of us, that that has been the case – I don't even know that we could have said that back in 14-13. Like, I think they had a good starting five, and they got very lucky that nobody got hurt in the 2013 season on the offensive line, at least not prolonged injuries. They weren't – I don't know if they were this deep. Now, they were more talented. Their starting five were more talented, but I don't think they were this deep. Yeah, you you, that offensive line had – you know, you looked at it and said, okay, there's at least three guys on this line that can play in the NFL and and did that. Cameron Irving, obviously. Brian Stork has career cut short, but – but certainly had the ability. Trey Jackson played up there a little bit. So, you know, you had guys in that offensive line that, that were that kind of player. I don't, and Rick Leonard, I think he was back there at that time. But um, you look at what they have right now, I don't know, you know, if they've got a bunch of NFL guys, but you have uh, maybe a hair below that, plus you have that depth. So you don't have that major drop off. And, I, you know, we saw it last year and we talked about it. But, you know, the fact that Devontae Love Taylor last year was playing with, like, basically one arm. And then you had Dylan Gibbons, who was there were weeks he he didn't even practice, but he would play on the games. And then you had um, you know Robert Scott playing on a bum ankle. You just didn't have an opportunity to get anybody healthy. And now they have that. Plus, the competition is so much better in that second and third group that you know that just didn't exist last year. The offensive line, once you got past the starting center or the starting tackles, I mean, it was just a free for all 
uh, for the defensive players, and now it's a good battle. So it's just that, that part's really exciting. Yeah, to give the, the listeners uh, a better idea of what we're talking about, you have a comp- legitimate competition right now, I think, at right tackle. Um, and I won't get into all the names and everything like that, but I mean, I think you have a legitimate competition for the right tackle spot. I think you are seeing a legitimate competition for the right guard spot, and that hasn't been settled yet. And transfers have come in and been given opportunities, and they may win these jobs, the tackle and the, and the guard spots there. You have a legitimate battle between Caden Lyles and Maurice Smith at center uh, that's taking place, and we all knew it would, and we don't know what that's going to look like from there. I know that we all expect that Robert Scott Jr. and, and Dylan Gibbons are going to be the starters on the left side, and knock on wood that they'll stay healthy and be able to do that. But if, if Bryson Estes had to come in the game for Gibbons, I don't feel terrible about that. I think he looks good. I think he's taking a big step forward and he's got the right body for it. The point is that like every whoever wins those jobs, the, the other guy that's competing with those people right now for those spots are guys that look pretty good so far. Now we're putting on the pads tomorrow, but, man, we have not been able to say that in a long, long time. Yeah, and you can get a feel, you know, in shells, you can get a feel for offensive line, defensive line, and, and I think, you know, you're seeing, you know, again, that, that growth there. I also think, you know, uh, you know, I think Mike, Mike Norvell mentioned it the other day that, um, you know, Darius Washington has been a little limited, so, you know, I think as he gets um, right to, totally good, and I mean, I think that's another guy that's a, it's a big factor in there as well. So, yeah, I, it wouldn't surprise me if the starting five ended up being a group we actually haven't even seen yet necessarily in, in total. Um but the best thing, again, is if a guy's struggling, you have options. Or if a guy is banged up, you have options. And that's just so different. So we were just talking a moment ago before you joined us, Ira, about the defense. And if people were to say, pin me down and say, what, what's something you feel pretty certain of? I'd say that I think this team is going to be hard to run on. Would you agree with that? I, I think teams are going to have a hard time lining up and running the ball against Florida State's defense. Oh, hundred percent. As long as they, they, as long as you have um, some discipline from the ends and the edge setters, yeah, I don't have any doubt. I think it's gonna be really difficult to run up the middle on this group because, again, it's not just the starters, Love and Cooper, but it is the backups. I think Jared Jackson continues to to show um, so much potential. Uh, Josh Farmer, mm-hmm. he's everything. He's everything we thought he might be in year two, and he, he's certainly that. Uh, they've got a lot of depth there. And then the linebackers, I mean, I just, you know, we, t- we were talking about today when we were watching practice that, you know, when Kalen Deloach and, and Tatum Bethune are out there, you have two smart linebackers who are communicating and taking on a leadership role and making sure everybody's getting aligned correctly. Again, man, these are all things we haven't seen. Now, does it mean they have more talent than a LSU or a Clemson or, or even a Florida? You know, probably not. We'll see. But, that is such a big deal because now you're not giving up any of the cheapies. Like you're not just giving up yards and first downs and sometimes touchdowns. You're making other teams earn it, and that's you know, I mean, that's just so it's so much better than what they've been. Perhaps an indication of how excited we've been on a daily basis with the consistency of performance. I'll ask you this next question: Any chance that Azaria Thomas continues to grow to a point where he starts for this team this year? I'll tell you what, he's going to be hard to keep off the field All right I, you know I, I will say this i you know i thought my outside pick to, to win the starting cornerback job opposite of marion cooper was actually jarian jones i thought you know, we didn't see much from him last year but i think he's got more in talking to people around the program a lot of people think he's got a lot more ability than what he's shown and you know and he has had a good camp 
But I think the fact that they're looking at him more in the slot is kind of a backup to Kevin Knowles and, and maybe as a guy, you know, maybe as, a, as, a, as an extra you know, dime back at times. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that means, again, you know, looking for ways to get their best defensive backs on the field. And I, and I think Azari Thomas is just going to be tough to keep off. Now, my guess is you'll mix him in. I don't know that you'll throw him out there from, from week one, especially when you don't know exactly what you got in the pass rush or week one or week two. But, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me at all if he's in there early this season because he's, I mean, there's, you're not seeing anything that's a red flag. Marcus Woodson said today he wants to see him in full contact with full pads tomorrow to see him tackling guys to the ground. You know, he, he said he's awesome in seven on seven. We have to see what he looks like in full contact, tackling guys to the ground. But man, I don't. I just seeing how competitive he is. I don't think he's going to fail in that. And I, yeah, it's going to be hard to keep him off the field. It's crazy. I just I like asking the question because I knew you'd have to like stop and think about it for a second because we're all so far watching this kid who makes plays every single day. We're out there. And all that's left for him to do now is make those plays in full, fully padded practices. Like, do, do you do that in a scrimmage? Do, the, do you do that when they're scheming against you and trying to fool you and trying to, where you can't guess or you can't cheat because you've seen something a million times, right? Like, that's, that's what he's got to prove. I don't know that he won't, man. I, I, that guy, it's hard to bet against him right now. Brother, I'll talk to you later. It's always fun. We'll talk again tomorrow when we're at practice watching these guys in full pads. Thanks, Jeff. See you, man. Yeah, be good. Uh, I, I do. I, I just I get downright giddy when I think about the possibilities for him. He's he's so uh, athletic and long and smooth. He's uh, instinctual. He plays the ball well. Let's see if he tackles. But I I don't you know I think he's going to tackle. I don't I don't think I don't think he's soft. No, I, I think it's just one of those deals that that's the final challenge. You know, when when you hear a coach say he does, he's as good as anybody when it comes to seven on sevens or shells, eleven on eleven. I just want to see what he does when the bullets are flying live. Well, like yeah, I get that. That's he's only a true freshman, so he's passed every test. There might be a little learning curve tomorrow, Thursday, and in, in the first scrimmage. But I mean, if he's putting himself in a position to make plays right now, what's going to stop him with some leg pads on? I want to. Uh... I want to own something here that I feel guilty about because we were this close to being able to celebrate instead of lament. But, uh, Tom, prior to today, our unofficial count between you and me. Oh, no. Yeah. 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 Prior to today, our unofficial count had Florida State properly executing a catch on 27 consecutive punts. not And they weren't all layups. Some of these, you had to range far to the right, come charging up, sprint back, look over your shoulder. Little weeble wobbles in the air. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Charge over to your left, make an adjustment, wind blown, all that stuff. We had 27 consecutive catches. And I'm going to tell you this. Of those 27, unofficial count, folks, of those 27, 23, 24, easy catches. They weren't even strained. Right. Not a degree of difficulty, just the body language and the execution of the The catch. The willingness to make a catch and make it look easy like like it's old hat. We had, I mean, Micah, no problem. Uh... 
I mean, the kid they brought in. So, yeah, yep, that's right. And then also um, Pokey. So those guys were making catches without a problem. We were like, okay, all right, well, what do we got here? So today, Tom says to me, while we're watching practice, we were we're coming up on this the significant number of thirty consecutive unofficial unofficial thirty consecutive punts caught. And Tom says, you know, if they catch this next these next couple. When they get up on 30 here, you should take a selfie video. Although I think I don't know if I'd get in trouble for that. We would have asked permission before we posted it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But I was gonna I was gonna hold up the camera from where we were there at Dick Hauser. Because it's right down below us where we're watching these these punt returns. And I'm like, okay, well, we can do that. And this would have marked number 30. And it would be Oh no, you wouldn't have been able to get the the play behind you. It would have been your reaction to it. So it's just been you going, yes. I think we should get the play and ask oh, if we well, can post no, it. Nope. They might have wanted us to post it. It's just a catch. It's a punt. What the hell are we talking about? Anyhow, we'll never know because he your... dropped it. We'll never know. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter whether we could or we couldn't because he dropped it. And then, and I, I probably, I probably broke uh, protocol there. I yelled out. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody, yeah, because <laughs> a lot of people in the War Chant Corner, I like to call it up there. We're invested because the attention had been called to the moment. I've been pointing to this every day we've been out there. It wasn't like there was 11 on 11 war going on somewhere else. It was no. very squarely a special team we silly time. We were locked time. in. We were locked in. And uh, I believe you could hear from War Chant Corner a bunch of people going, Oh! And then there was a slam of something on I the, slapped uh, my <laughs> notepad on the bar and yelled, GD. Um <laughs> Because I I wanted us to get there. It was that close, and uh, it didn't happen. I couldn't look for about 10 seconds to see if any of the staff were like, what in the hell? Yeah. Well, they probably felt the same thing I felt. Uh, and then, and then, so to make it worse, so that happens. We've upset the apple cart, came up just short. Let's start fresh, start anew, start tomorrow. And uh, number 29 drops it. I'm not talking about the, the number of the player, but the what would have been so yeah. 28 is dropped 29 is dropped 29 is dropped it's right in the middle of the chest the whole yeah, thing yeah. fell to pieces so then um i think we could do this too because we know that Pittman's one of the guys so he's in the rotation and we're like all right well he'll he'll, he'll start a new streak yeah, he'll catch it well he had to call peter because the ball was not catchable we're like oh no but I didn't get mad about that because that's not a drop in that ball. No, wasn't. it's not a drop, but it's just you want him to be the one to yeah. set the new tone. He couldn't even do it. We just had and then it. things went fine after that. Things were fine. But, yeah, that's uh, that was an unfortunate moment today. That was the one time in the last two camps combined that you've been invested in special teams. Like because really we were invested. approaching 30. And then you were heartbroken. But that's what I get for investing in special teams. That's what I get. Here I was on the edge of my seat. Oh, we're coming up on 30 straight catches. Guys, this is unheard of. Here we go. Tom gives me the idea to take a picture for number 30. We're already at 27. I'm feeling good about it. And then it's broken. It's all broken. You know what, though? It's like Aguayo's missing 13 at Wake Forest. It's Wake. It's, it's out of our system. Aguayo told me he would never miss another kick after the Wake Forest miss. And he didn't lie. Didn't lie. I choose my own history. Mm -hmm. But then, but then, anyhow, well, I don't want to do that. I'm not going to do it. Anyhow, we got to start fresh at zero. I'll keep the count for you guys. I'll let you know. It was a nice run while it lasted. It was worthy of us celebrating. 27 consecutive catches on punts. 
before it all went to hell in a handbasket. Oh, man, you got three more days this week that are observable, mm -hmm. then five next week. Oh, Two of them are yeah. in Jacksonville. Well, I, you can I, get to that number real fast. Yeah, but I, I won't be in Jacksonville. I'm not going to Jacksonville for practice, so I'm going to have to – you're not setting up a, a plastic table in the middle of the sun-soaked no. field? No, I don't care that much. No? no? I don't okay. care that much. I'll be right here. I'll have somebody tell me whether they caught it. But it's not a real trustworthy thing there. I don't know. We'll see. Because my count, my account, my count's the official count. The official unofficial I'm, count. I'm taking close stock here of what's going on wait, with these wait, wait punters. Wait a minute. It's an unofficial count, though. But it is, it is pretty official when I say it. It may not be exact, but it's pretty official. I, I, I'm... If anything, I'm shortchanging them a few punts. I think, okay, how about this then, to integrate into the experience, either on the boards or your, or your Twitter account tomorrow when practice is over, just tweet the number of consecutive. And just no context. No context. Just not that. even a hashtag, it's, just if it's like seven. It's my first post on On3. Yeah. I just put seven for yeah, seven. Yeah, as a message board thing. People yeah. are like, People is, like, what is Jeff 80? Is he Bob Ryan trying to he's, use he's Twitter? Just, <laughs> I'm going to put seven for seven. Twelve for twelve. Nine of 11. Nine of 10. That's all you do. That's all you do on on three is you post consecutive catches I, for punts. I will do that. All right. I will do that. Somebody's going to have to teach you. Well, no, I know how to post. You you do? You, you go on there and you post. I could do it right now if you wanted to. It's not hard. <laughs> it's Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, or Chan TV. There it is, kids. Your summer's almost over. Put your ass back to class. I think we reference it every other year, but it's the Staples commercial with the dad dancing in the aisles. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it was fun last night walking into my youngest son's room saying, don't you have a book to read before you get to school? Uh, you had a summer reading? I did. Have you started? No. Guess what tonight is? Just a Which son is this? My youngest. That would be... That'd be Clark. So what's he reading? Uh, it's a Mark Twain book, but I did not look at which mm. one they assigned him, which is great. When he told me it was Twain, I was like, well, it's going to be great, so read it. And uh, he's like, well, I, I, I'm like, all right. I'm done asking. What's the worst book you ever had to read for school? you remember? <sighs> Poisonwood Bible for me. That I had to read it was like for like 675 school. pages. What kind of crack are we smoking in this English department? Are you kidding me? I read zero. I faked it. You and half your class. Yes, absolutely. Self-indulgence from the teacher. No, I think I think almost every book that I was ever forced to read or asked to read, I actually ended up enjoying. I don't think there were too many times where I was like, this is ridiculous. I don't, I don't think so. Um... Clearly, you were never assigned the Poisonwood Bible. I was not. I was not. But I'm, I'm trying to think. Um, no, I never had anything like that. It was never like, oh, you got to read this 750-page book. That never happened. Um, they were all your classics that everybody makes you read growing up, and I liked all of those. I remember um, pretty distinctly, uh, Mr. Launchy. 
I wonder if Mr. Lanchi's still alive. Anyhow, Mr. Lanchi was a great English teacher. Uh, I loved him. Uh, literature. He he would he was always he would give us choices. That's really what it was. He'd put like you, these five books out of these five. You have to read two or something like that. So you oh, had, I like that. Yeah, there so you, you had choices. So it's always like, okay, well, I know I don't want to read that. That doesn't interest me at all. But this looks good. Oh, Steinbeck. Okay, cool. You know, and you could pick that. A little Vonnegut. No, yeah. Buddy. Oh yeah. Let's love, go. Love that all day long. So trade deadline is today. And I'm I'm wondering, I don't know. Am I going to race home and find out that five or six moves have been made here? Because I thought it was going to be very active. We've had just the Josh Hader deal up to this point, right? Yeah, the Yankees got um, one of the guys from the Cubs earlier today who's under team control for a long time. I forget, he's got a two ERA. I mean, there's no big names. We're a casual baseball fan. We'd be like, oh, that guy moved? It's uh, inside baseball so far, I'd say. Yeah. Uh, we'll do probables momentarily. First, uh, Tom, if you would put it up on the screen for those watching, another reminder, $1. $1. I'm calling out to all you FSU fans out there. You cannot get a better deal than this. You can continue to uh, engage in all that we offer here at warchant.com. $1 for one year on three is where you got to go to do it. But I would say it's uh, not only an, a, a great investment, but we're adding to what we do. I mentioned it earlier in the show. Tom and myself will be doing pregame shows for football this year like we did last year. Looking forward to it. The in-game show, Aslan and Tom will be doing with Dominic Robinson. And Dominic coming in here and, and breaking down what he's seen from uh, you know both the coverage standpoint but also uh, you know what they're trying to accomplish offensively. He's immersed himself in that his whole life, loves it. And he's not afraid. He's not afraid. He's entertaining. It will be a great uh, intrigue, and then I think you'll learn something too. Post game, of course, Tom and Gene do that every year, and they'll do it again this year. So we've got you covered from the pregame show to the end game to the after the game. Of course, wake up war chant, Jeff Cameron show, seminal headlines. We've just got a ton going on right now, and it's exciting time. So for one buck, there you go. All FSU fans, warchant.com on three for a dollar. A lot of folks have not tried it out yet. Uh, not like scores of you, but uh, 30,000 subscribers to the YouTube channel. We've got 30,000, so I'll bet a few of you have never been to Warchant.com for a subscription before. Here's your chance. For a buck. Give us a year. A dollar. Forget about it. Cue it up, buddy. Let's do some probable, shall we? Let's get this thing going. It's time for, how you say, with the pitching, uh, probables? It's the damnedest thing. It's like this summer cold. I don't have a cold, but I'm just stuffy. I can't seem to shake my stuffiness going around. So you heard Ira during the phone call, yeah. too. It's, I think it's a lack of sleep. Well, that's for sure. That'll be the last Midnight Madness we ever do. Reds, Marlins, Hunter Green, TVD, Mets, Nets. You're so much more relaxed when this series is played now. Yeah. There was a time, sir, where you'd be like, here we go. Well, and also, if baseball is being baseball and the Nats rise up for a game or two, I promised myself if they won four out of six from the Marlins and the Nats, that's good. And they swept over the weekend. So, just, you know. Good, yeah. Win one and everything's a bonus. Mets, Nats, Max Scherzer, Patrick Corbin, Mariners, Yankees, Marco Gonzalez, Domingo Herman. T-backs, Guardian, Zach Davies, Cal Quantrill. We got the Tigers and the Twins, Tariq Skubal and Aaron Sanchez. Orioles, Rangers, Spencer Watkins, John Gray, Red Sox, Astros, Nathan Avaldi, Luis Garcia, Royals and White Sox, Brad Keller, Michael Kopech, 
Rockies, Padres, Antonio Sensatella, and Mike Clevenger. And finally, rivalry matchup. Please nobody get shot. Seems to happen every time these two get together. Dodgers, Giants. Luckily, this game's in San Francisco. Director was like, what is he talking about? Oh, wait a minute. Yeah, Yeah, Dodgers, Giants. Andrew Haney and Logan Webb, and that is a look at those that shall reside on the bump. I'm envious of uh, Director Matthew and you and all my friends of uh, the area that are Braves fans, for example. Like, all you guys have playoff baseball implications on a nightly basis. And I'm tuning into a team that is speeding towards 110 losses. It's a toughie. It's unfortunate. It Sorry is. for you. Yeah, it's a toughie. The goal, though, is to play less postseason baseball between the Braves and the Mets because the winner of that division figures, unless the Central gets hot, to be have a bye, uh, an MLB playoff bye, the first of its kind. Yeah, I um, I am. I am envious of the opportunities that you guys have. Not me. Good work out of you, sir. Good work, Director Matthew. Be well, everybody. It's a buck. What are you doing? Let's get two. It's a dollar. We'll talk to you tomorrow.